0: every second in the morning god knows but uh trump may be going to go with executive action to deal with the family separation thing i don't, I don't know i don't know who knows uh, more on that later yeah plus uh, starbucks closing hundreds of stores what do the locations have in common Stay with us. <laughs> and the details from a new tell-all book about Trump's relationship with his daughter Ivanka and some of the things he's said over the years. Oh, <sighs> some of it a little creepy. Yeah. Allegedly. Got that for you coming up. And the DNC is turning to Hollywood to help them with messaging. Gotcha. All of that on the Armstrong and Getty Show. I'll tune in. So, so I... Uh, on my way to work before just, I drop off my kids. All right. So I just had a conversation and... Oh, that's right. Oh, speaking of kids, I got to call Declan. I got to call my son. It's a rough day for him. He... He was rooting for Morocco in the World Cup, and uh, <laughs> just because the U.S. wasn't in, he picked a country at random, happened to be Morocco. And, and they lost to Russia? Well, they've lost twice now. They're out, Jack. Okay. I'm afraid Morocco's hopes have been dashed yet again. So it's a tough day for him. So I'm talking to a coworker in the hallway, and I mentioned, yeah, I'm really stiff, so blah, blah, blah. And he says, uh, you had a big day yesterday, a workout or something? And I said, and I had to think about it. I said, no, no. Nope. Yeah, threw, threw around a lot of weights. Uh, yeah, well, I was in a tough Mudder. I was in an ultra marathon yesterday, and uh, no, I, I realized no, no, what I did yesterday was I lived. I was alive yesterday, and it's made me stiff today. <laughs> Which, if if that is not the perfect description of middle age, I don't know what is. Yeah, I'm sore because I was alive. That's what middle age is. Hell, well, what are you going to do? Beats the alternative. Uh-huh. Yeah. <sighs> well, I, I, I wrestle with my kids every single day. Once, once, I, once I get down to the floor, I'm okay. Oh, God. It's the getting down there that slows me down. And then the getting up again. There's a Texas representative on CNN. I don't know if he's a Republican. Probably is. Most representatives in Texas are Republican. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are plenty. There's a big state, though. Um, got lots of representatives. Said the toddlers are being held hostage by the president. Yeah. Right. So... At that sort of language is it helps you come to agreements. Absolutely, <laughs> it's so all about compromise. So there's this new tell-all book out called uh, by a Vanity Fair uh, reporter called "Born Trump" about Donald Trump and Ivanka, particularly Ivanka, who I've regularly mentioned is maybe the most attractive woman on earth. Um, She's like an anime chick. She's like a Japanese cartoon uh, uh, sex pot. Some of this is unconfirmed. Some of this is absolutely confirmed because the quotes are out there. I mean, he said this stuff on TV shows and radio shows, so it's not, you know, it's not scuttlebutt. If he right. said a it out loud. A source close to a source. If right. he said it on Howard Stern multiple times, it's pretty much out there. It's just compiled in this book. Uh, Donald Trump pressured his daughter, Ivanka, to get breast implants to enhance her looks and help her modeling career. Um... Wow. That's not, you Did know. Did she get him? That's not completely crazy. That's not known, apparently. But that's She's not, very busty. That's not completely crazy. It's a weird conversation for a dad to have with their daughter. But if your God. daughter's going to be a model, I suppose you get down to the nuts and bolts of it. I don't know. The nuts and bolt ons. Can't, huh? can't mom talk to you about this? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what does pressured mean? I don't know. Um, I've pressured my children to do a number of things. Not that the busty revelation is the latest amid several cringe worthy moments. Trump has made about his eldest daughter in recent years. During a 2006 appearance with Ivanka on The View, Trump was asked how he'd react if his daughter posed for Playboy. It would be really disappointing. Not really, but it would depend on what's inside the magazine, he said, which is a typical Trump sort of sentence. (sighs) Um... It would be really disappointing. Oh, no. I don't think Ivanka would do that, although she does have a very nice figure. I've said if Ivanka weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her. Isn't that terrible? How terrible? Is that terrible? (laughs) Yeah, it's freaking perverse, dude. (laughs) I don't, I just, I could never get those words to come out of my mouth. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that's like. It, it, It makes me cringe even saying this or thinking about this. I don't have daughters, but if you, if your daughter is like super attractive, do you just ever acknowledge that or say that or I don't know? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I I don't know. I don't have daughters, but all my children are beautiful. Come on. That's what you say, please. Boy, you're hot. You ought to get bolt ons. <laughs> You ought to be a model you're so hot. If you weren't my daughter, I would date you. Oh, That is just a weird freaking thing to say. Well, it's different than my relationship with my daughters, I'll tell you that. That same year, Howard Stern told Trump on the show that Ivanka looks more voluptuous than ever and asked if she'd received breast implants. She's actually always been very voluptuous, Trump replied, about his then 25-year-old daughter. She's tall. She's almost six feet tall. She's an amazing beauty. Well, he is always in the promotion mode. And if she's modeling, then he's promoting her. And then on uh, three years earlier, so she'd have been 22, Trump's on Howard Stern's show. Again, this is not like one of those presidential books, is it true or not? He said it on Howard Stern's show. The the tape exists. You know who's one of the great beauties of the world, according to everybody? And I helped to create her, Ivanka, he gushed. (laughs) My daughter, Ivanka, she's six feet tall. She's got the best body. She made a lot of money as a model, a tremendous amount. She's got the best body. I Yeah, I don't know. That's odd. And when Ivanka was hosting the 1997 Miss Teen USA pageant, Trump asked then Miss Universe about his 16-year-old daughter, Ivanka. Don't you think my daughter's hot? She's hot, right? Okay, so this is weird. (laughs) What is is that? I mean, I've heard enough. I've heard enough. Yeah. Again, if if he's promoting her as a model, which is a sex pot, you show me a a chaste, Presbyterian-looking model who has a serious career going. please. So his daughter's a professional sex pot, or was, and he's promoting her career. That's what it is, I think. It's still oogie to me. But that's yeah, just me. That's weird. Among I'm other, not a Manhattan billionaire. Among other revelations in this book, and this is where you get into the who knows if this is true or not, none of the Trump children expected their dad to win the election. Well, if they're smart, they didn't. Nobody did, including Donald Trump. He didn't expect to win the election. Except There's no a way. friend of mine, I still owe $100 to And if- I'm bringing it up because I'm going to pay it. Uh, in fact, Ivanka had planned on resuming her work at the fashion brand the next day, while Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump brainstormed a lower-priced hotel chain to appeal to people they had met on the campaign trail. Tramp. Huh? Not Trump. Tramp. No? Okay, huh? never mind. Trump rarely visited or called Ivanka while she attended a boarding school in Connecticut, but he did send her mail a few times a week. Uh, okay. Ivanka's friends think she fancies being the next Trump to lead the free world. Those quoted in the book all viewed her move to D.C. as pretend future run for her for the presidency. Okay, now you're just getting into dumb tell-all-book speculation crap. Yeah, yeah, that's silly. Um, So, listen, really quickly, let me pay off the Starbucks story. And then we have, is a special treat, coming up next and And hey, listen, part of this is that we, we're, the mainstream media is so into scandal and conflict and yelling and and just you know one story at a time where real stories that affect your pocketbooks and your lives like healthcare care nobody 's talking about um, and we 're going to talk to Craig the Obamacare lawyer about the bizarre, twisted state of health care in America in just a moment or two, but really quickly, Starbucks is closing at least one hundred and fifty stores in Concentrated markets, they're calling it. Big cities, primarily places that have raised the minimum wages. Oh, really? And have made it too expensive to operate. The running joke at Starbucks fans is the next Starbucks is going to open inside an existing Starbucks. There are that many of them in these densely populated areas. Yeah, and there are places in big cities where you can stand on a corner and you can see sometimes like you can see three Starbucks from the corner you're standing on, which is really quite amazing. Right, right. But sure enough, they are going to close at least 150 of them. And it's not because uh, the brand is suffering or anything like that? No. No. Well, it's it's, it's, it's like any business decision. It's revenue versus cost. Mm -hmm. And it's gotten out of balance. So they said, okay, forget it. These uh, super dense populated places, we're going to close them. All right. Craig, the Obamacare lawyer coming up in a moment or two. Perhaps you've noticed looking at your bills. None of this has gotten better. Neither party has done anything for you. We'll talk about it. Anybody else talk about their daughter the way Trump talks about Ivanka? 415-295-KFTC. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. I remember when, I remember, I remember
1: when I lost my mind. There was something so pleasant about
0: that place. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Watching a congressman on the TV say the IG is re-reviewing Strzok's anti-Trump bias in light of uh, more information. I'm telling you, this story could explode into a really big deal. Very exciting stuff. Well, speaking of exciting, boy. Healthcare policy sure is to me. Uh, You know, it's not exciting. It's not, and it's so freaking important. Right, and and we have Craig, the Obamacare lawyer, joining us for the first time in probably too long. But, Craig, how are you, sir? I am well. How are you, gentlemen? Good. Listen, we have fairly limited time, about 10 minutes, uh, barely. So let's dive right into it. Where are we now with American healthcare?
1: Well, U.S. healthcare is uh, now more expensive than ever. Remember the passage of Obamacare. There were two promises. A, we're going to cover more people. B, we're going to help to bend the cost curve down.
0: That's right. The Affordable
1: Care Act, Craig. Yeah, yeah exactly. We, and we, we did cover more people. There's still debate on how many more. It looks like that number is probably in the 12 to 14 million more people range. And but what that did that cost has, us? Oh, that cost us a lot. In fact, <laughs> one study I was just reading uh, noted that, If you just looked at the three years of um, 2014, 15 and 16, the amount of money the federal government spent was three hundred and forty one billion just subsidizing individual coverage in the exchanges. But during those three years, they only got one point seven million more people in the exchanges, which if you do the math, it works out to them. You could have given those people 50 grand a year for three years they could have spent 20 grand of that buying a really really nice health care plan for them and their family and then they could have bought a uh, a very nice car with the remaining 30 grand for each of those 3 years
0: great super good use <laughs> of the taxpayer's money hard earned money
1: overall i think i think you were probably asking overall i just thought that was interesting overall the oh. cost is, is is somewhere around 1.75 million but that's likely to balloon well over excuse me trillion, trillion. that's likely yeah. to balloon well over 2 trillion Uh, If we keep things going the way they're going.
0: So if you're going to be completely fair, the whole Obamacare thing, it did cover some more people. So you could you could say that's a win, although at a at a ridiculous cost. Everything else is a negative, right?
1: Uh, Yeah, that's about accurate, Jack. And, and, And we have to remember that it covered the vast majority of those people it covered. It covered in the Medicaid expansion. And if you'll recall, there are numerous long term university sponsored studies on Medicaid that show, gee, if you're on Medicaid, your health out- outcomes actually don't get better. In fact, some of them may get worse than having the no wait insurance times are so long. Yeah. The wow. wait times are so long. There's so few doctors in it. Um, there's there's debate on whether Medicaid actually makes you any better or not. And, and the vast majority of these people are covered on Medicaid, not in the Obamacare exchanges.
0: One of my favorite aspects of this is that all of the vegetable eating, as you've characterized it in the past, all of the how we're going to pay for this have been rolled back because the politicians don't have the balls to tell us, look, you got to have your vegetables if you're going to have a big chocolate cake of, of uh, Obamacare.
1: That's right. And now we can be bipartisan and we can blame both parties for that, because obviously the the overwhelming majority of the pushing off of the taxes and the mandates and the things that caused pain that started in the first eight years under the Obama administration. But now that we've had over a year of Trump, um, the same things occurred. Uh, They've repealed the individual mandate now. And uh, Trump is doing all kinds of things to sort of undercut the law for his political reason. But what both of these things do is make it more expensive for everybody, because we will pick up the bill, whether it be in the form of of higher health care policies or taxes. One way or the other, we all end up paying.
0: It's starting to sound a little like the immigration issue, which, uh, you know, where each side likes to. Do what politically makes their side happy, knowing that it doesn't fix anything, but you can blame the other side for the problems. Right, right. So, uh, Craig, the Obamacare lawyer, Craig Gottwals, is on the line, and if you need his help with benefits and health care and law and the rest of it, we'll, we'll make sure you can get t- in touch at the end of the segment. But, Craig, one of my favorite things you've talked about, the, the further you get from the free market, uh, whether you go all the way to a Soviet system or you have the crony capitalism we have right now in healthcare, where it's all about rent-seeking which is a term that means figuring out how to game the system Um, tell us about what companies are doing now that they've gotten the complex laws under their belt they've comprehended them and now not helping the consumers and not letting the consumers make choices they're now gaming the system
1: Well, one of the the most insidious things within Obamacare is is that there's a price-fixing mandate. So there's a a rule deep within Obamacare that all of us in the industry and the insurance companies know well that says, look, an insurance company, the simplest form is to say an insurance company may charge 15% more than claims. So once I tally up all the claims I pay uh, in a given state in a given year, I as an insurance company can add 15% to that as my margin, and that's my premium. So what's happened is insurance companies have realized, well, it's in our best interest for the claims to go up. There's no incentive to keep costs down. It'd be like if, if you told a little kid, um, you can only have a piece of this pie that's uh, one fifth of the pie. The kid says, well, grow the damn pie, right? So that's what's happening in insurance is we have this, this price fixing. And so all of the insurers, they no longer give a if there's fraud in the system, if claims are bloated. Um, They don't care because that just means they can charge their 15 percent that they get to keep is more. And all of these things we see, all the gaming of the system, all the people that jumped into the exchanges for a month or two, which, by the way, in California, specifically in our exchange, they showed that uh, 50 percent of the people didn't even keep their Obamacare policy for an entire year because they jumped in, they got the care they needed and they jumped out. Well, that drives claims up. Insurers get to charge more, and we all pay for that in the form of higher premiums and in tax subsidies that are going to the insurance companies.
2: And all
0: so, of the free market incentives to keep costs down have been removed. Beautiful.
1: Totally removed because, because now, yeah, again, when you say to the public, we're going to pass a law that ma- means that insurance companies can no longer keep anything more than a 15% margin. People go, hey, that sounds great. But the perverse side effect is, yeah, that now they can just bloat claims. There's no fraud detection anymore. They don't care. Because if claims are higher, their fifteen points get higher.
0: Is so your best prediction. Is your <laughs> best prediction still that we're uh, somewhere within a decade of ending up with single payer socialized medicine?
1: Yes. Unfortunately, that is my best prediction. That I, I would say by I wouldn't even say by twenty, I'd say by twenty twenty eight, yeah, ten years, Jack, we're gonna have um some form of social socialization, it, a, a statistic, my favorite single statistic that we've talked about on this show, and I don't think we can re- repeat it enough because it happens to come from the UCLA health policy, which, again, you know, far from a right leaning organization. Right. The U- UCLA health policy index. 70 um, percent of all health care in the state of California is funded by taxpayers. That that would be cobbling together Medicare, Medicaid, the VA, all all anything that a taxpayer funds. And and if you look at other states, you say, well, California is an exception. It's still between sixty and sixty five percent in all states.
0: Well then, wow. so then, then, oh. then we're almost there.
1: You're almost there in the back door. Yeah, that's How about unbelievable.
0: That? Well, How many people know that? Practically nobody
1: practically nobody and that study came out in 2016 guys so they haven't updated it i'm right. dying to know what it is oh, now might yeah. be 80 <laughs> percent.
0: yeah right yeah 75 <laughs> and just because this is my thing so you find out the insurance companies are gaming the system everybody's costs. your costs mr and mrs america and your little kids and you're struggling and you're wondering if you can pay your bills your costs are getting jacked up higher and higher and higher while the crony capitalists work with the crony big government and you keep thinking big government's going to solve your problems and and what the, what the hell was my point going to be? I got a point if you can't remember. Go yours. ahead. Make a point. So here's Somebody what, here's ought to a, make a point. Here's what I think is we've become socialized medicine on the sly. and can't talk about it out loud because they're trying to sneak it in. Once we all accept that we're there, that's when we're going to start ordering each other on how to live because right, we're all paying right. for it. And that's yeah. when you're going to really get the you can't be this far overweight. You can't drink that much. You can't drive that fast, whatever, because I'm paying for your health care. And that's coming. That's right.
1: And on that slide toward socialism, I don't know if you guys mentioned it on your show, but Craig, we have like thirty
0: seconds. Fire away.
1: Diane Feinstein just came out in the last two days and says she is now authoring bills to bring medicare down to the age of 55 as opposed to 65 so there's another oh my God. that you're going to see Democrats they're,
0: they're going to reform it backward my point was going to be is that <laughs> the bureaucrats realize they're being gamed they're always six months to six years behind the gaming in the system they'll meet again next year and, and come up with a solution the insurance companies will take two days to undo it craig how do people get a hold of you if they need help with benefits that sort of thing
1: uh, the easiest way is to just Google Craig Gottwall's or Benefit Revolution. Uh, or, benefit email or email, email us. Or email us. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep.
0: Thanks, Craig. Depressing. What's Thanks, coming Greg. up in your news, Marshall
2: Phillips? Well, i got to tell you, we've got a lot of reports right now. Trump's zero-tolerance policy may be about to end with the swipe of the presidential pen.
0: Uh, okay. Then he apparently feels like the heat's too hot. I don't know. What does that mean? So it seems. We'll discuss coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Corey Lewandowski refuses to apologize for mocking disabled child, says CNN. Wow. Wow. I read a. Gotta- So, uh, I don't think that's exactly what happened, although it was incredibly
2: poor taste. You'll you'll learn about that in a second. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, we've got a number of sources this hour reporting that Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen is drafting an executive action for President Trump that would direct DHS to keep families apprehended at the border together during detention. That's according to two people familiar with her thinking who spoke on condition of anonymity To discuss the effort before its official announcement, it's it's not clear yet whether the president supports the measure. But she is on her way to the White House to discuss the issue with the president's team.
0: Well, if if that's what he ends up doing, then that means you brought uh, a whole bunch of uh, uh, animosity toward you, including some people that were on your side or on your side, and got nothing for it. It was just a political miscalculation, then, right? If he thought he was going to, if he thought he was going to force people, I think he was thinking that yesterday was the day. Okay, I've won. They're going to come together and they're going to pass some sort of major legislation finally on immigration. Yeah, but it didn't happen, and now maybe he just thinks, geez, they won't. Nobody's going to do what's right, so I guess I got to end this now. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Of course, it's worth considering that with a backlog of six hundred thousand refugee cases and hundreds more happening every month that they honestly wanted to tell the the Central American folks don't come in. It's not good. You're not going to like it. It's not a fun process. It's rough. You get separated from your kids. We have a major freaking crisis now and as I've mentioned the last couple of days and nobody talks about this Venezuela falling apart Nicaragua falling apart we're about to have a much much bigger refugee crisis in this hemisphere than we have already.
2: Now, getting back to this, uh, this uh, breaking story, one of the sources is now saying that Secretary Nielsen believes there is little certainty that Congress will act to fix the separation issue, and so she is trying to find a solution. The order apparently would ask the Department of Defense to help house the detained families.
0: Well, it's no secret that she and Donald Trump have disagreed on a bunch of stuff. I wouldn't be surprised to see her quit before long. But But so the breaking news an hour ago was Paul Ryan is going to bring up legislation tomorrow to deal with this. Is that off the table now because Trump's just going to sign an executive order
2: to deal with it? No, Ryan is saying still the House is going to vote on the compromise legislation, and that vote's going to come by tomorrow night. God
0: dang, the Republicans are going to get none of what they wanted out of it. Well, I shouldn't even say the Republicans, the American people, because some of the things are... Wildly popular with everybody. Right. right? None of it's going to get addressed. And you know what? Then the pressure points over and we're back to doing nothing on illegal immigration. Yep. And and the immigration and the refugee crisis just grows and grows and grows.
2: On another note, President Trump's former campaign manager is indeed facing backlash. Corey Lewandowski was defending the administration's zero-tolerance immigration policy during an interview last night when a Democratic strategist, Came forward. He was also on the show. He started talking about a child with Down syndrome who had been separated from her mother after they crossed the border illegally. I read today about a ten-year-old uh, girl with Down syndrome who was taken from her mother and put in a cage. Wah, wah. I read about a a. Did you say want want to a ten-year-old <laughs> with Down syndrome? Being what I taken said from is you can mother? pick anything. How you dare want you? Up, But the bottom line How is very clear. How dare you? When you cross How absolutely the border dare you, illegally, How you have dare given you? up the we rights of this country. Be taken from Look, their we are a country with. We in this country, have been stolen from and their mothers and put into cages. This okay. country and illegally, and you want, your parents so didn't this. This understand. They understand. E- something nobody very come here when Botox. So, when wait. you cross the border How illegally, you, sir, when you How commit a crime, you? you are taken away from her. She your has a down that that she was, was taken right. from her right. mother. Right. This policy is abhorrent. Is
0: everybody in America rolling their eyes right now listening to this? But that guy was so shocked by Corey's wah-wah, which is pretty shocking. He almost didn't. Did you just walk? Wah, wah. <laughs> well, sh- I wah. Read I'm sorry. It is terrible, but it is funny. Uh, we got this text. I don't blame Corey for blowing off the story. I'm tired of people picking the saddest possible story and using it to characterize an entire policy. That happens all the time, but oh, it yeah. is, you know, transparent. Sure. But that was just completely out of line. You, you there can't are do other that. ways to express the same idea that are less prone to, say, explosive backlash. <laughs> <laughs> you think? Yeah. wow I wah. read it.
2: <laughs> and the, Did you just wah-wah a 10-year-old disabled girl? And by the way, Jack, again, in the copy, the news copy, we've got it said that uh, he actually said, womp, womp. Yeah. (laughs) That shows you how freaking
0: out of touch with everything the media is. Are you unfamiliar with wah-wah? I mean, come on. It's a sad trombone. (laughs) It's well known. It's an American thing. It's not womp-womp, you (laughs) idiots. I guess in the boarding schools of the Northeast where all these people come from, they're not familiar with the sad trombone. Uh,
2: Womp-womp. I read a. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... On an entirely different note, Alexa will now be able to assist you in your temporary home away from home when you're traveling. Amazon's launching a version of Alexa for hotels who sign up to put the Echo Smart speakers in your room. You're going to be able to use to Alexa-
0: listen to you have sex in your room.
2: No, no, no. Guess With we'll be a able- hooker. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> what? Guess we'll be able to use Alexa for hospitality to and do call things- your wife and blackmail you. <laughs> Oh, Be able God. to do things like order room service, ask for more towels, check out at the end of your stay, turn out the lights and play music of all types. Did you say you need more bowels? No, no, towels. <laughs> <laughs> Should I keep on recording this? <laughs>
0: yeah, I like the idea of recording devices in all the hotel rooms. That's yeah. fantastic.
2: Anyway, Marriott has already signed up and will have Echo speakers in 10 hotels this very summer. Yeah. So, there you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm starting Getty show, The Conscience of the Nation.
1: Well, the, previous, I better...
0: the previous person sat naked on that bedspread. Ooh, <laughs> Yeah. 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 <laughs> Bedspread's gross. Oh, they're terrible. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> terrible. First thing you do, take them off, throw them on the floor, never look at them, don't touch them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so what direction do we want to go? Home? Yeah, no, no, no. See, we I can't live do that. northeast, so. <laughs> uh, I, oh, are you kidding? I got a zillion different things to talk about. All of them interesting. The president called Strzok a sick loser. His lawyer says he's a patriot. Yeah, right. So we could get back into that at some oh, point. That it, would be the story in America if it weren't for the little kids in cages. <laughs> You know, I really want to get to. I've got a great non political story for you. All right? If you hate, you curse, you grind your teeth at people clogging up the left lane, we have a hero for you. Oh! Oh! A hero for our troubled time. Finally, you're listening to The Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: Armstrong and Getty. The conscience
0: of the of nation. Of the nation. Getty Show. What do you think? What do you know? Huh? What do you say? What do you say? Hey, Joe, what do you know? Working hard? Had a neighbor who said that to me every time he saw me for a decade. Hey, Joe, what do you know? Yeah. Boy, I got tired of it. I grew to hate him swaggy p says ease up on the booger sugar let's legalize yayo what nick young of the golden state warriors is called for the legalization of cocaine what? Booger sugar? Yeah, it's an old thing. I'd never heard that. Uh, uh, Peruvian marching powder, whatever your your favorite is. He uh, points out that, uh, he says, for the record, cocaine isn't illegal everywhere. Mm-hmm. Did you know blow is sort of legal in Colombia where people can possess one gram or less? Oh, it's, 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 it's good to point out a narco state. Uh-oh. I want people <laughs> to pass cocaine, the NBA star told TMZ Sports. Everybody needs to do cocaine. Don't don't pick a country that was fairly recently run by a drug cartel as an example <laughs> of the upside of legalizing cocaine. Swaggy P, you're better than that, brother. So, uh, listen, here's a hero to me, a hero to millions. It's an Indiana state trooper for, who, for some reason, Sergeant Stephen Wheels, that's a good name. Pretty cool. It might be Wheelis or something. Um, uh, You know what? This is one of these websites that is so slow to load. I tell you what, this is why I print things. Uh, The sergeant, uh, he tweeted, uh, uh, his tweet went viral. He simply tweeted, he had a picture of a car. I stopped this vehicle today for left lane violation on I-65. The driver had approximately 20 cars slowed behind her because she would not move back to the right lane. Again, if there are vehicles behind you, you must move to the right lane to allow them to pass. How many people either know or care about that particular law? I would say ignoramus is abound. That's it's, our main problem. It's uh, uh, it's a um, it's a I don't ever look in my rearview mirror. That that crowd just does not look around them when they're driving. And even if they, they, they did, know. they wouldn't understand that they were doing something they weren't supposed to be doing. So you've got like a three layer ignoramus uh, situation here. They don't look at their mirrors. If they did, and they saw people behind them, they wouldn't comprehend it. I'm telling you, I do this all the time. I always look to see what these these people. I want to see right. them. Yeah, and they always have the same expression. They look terrified to be out on the road driving. Right, and they're both. They're always staring straight ahead. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Graham Rahal, the race car driver, said, "This is my. This guy is my hero." Uh, let's see. Uh, Troy Aikman says, "Finally, thumbs up." <laughs> Uh, let's see. A normal person says, yoo Do you want to come to Hawaii and tell everyone this?" Um, let's see, and on and on it goes. Can you transfer to Florida and patrol? We could sure use you in Tennessee. Well, we're on in a lot of cities. Maybe we could reach five people that we're, we're, we'll hear this and take it to heart. If you are among the slower drivers, you're in no hurry. Perfectly okay. Sure. I hope to be you someday, um, but perfectly okay. Stay in the right lanes. Well, right, exactly. In particular, stay out of the left lane. The slower you're moving, the further right you're supposed to be. Slower traffic, keep right, period. Now, some of you just incredibly unhappy people, and, and believe me, you have my pity. You're saying nobody has the right to speed, so I'm going to do 65 in the left lane and make everybody go the speed limit. I hope you get your hand caught in a corn thresher. Number one, everybody hates you. Everybody hates you with a bitter, bitter hate. That's hate speech right there. That is I hate you. That's hate speech. Uh get the hell slower traffic keep right. Period. And listen, some lunatic wants to roar up behind you, get out of his way, let him go on. And you'll, you'll never see him again for the rest of your life. And, and when you, you clog up the left lane like that as some prickish show of lawfulness, not only are you impacting the people behind you in the left lane, you're impacting everybody for miles behind you. Because our highway system is meant to stay uncongested, you know, obviously, major metropolitan centers uh, notwithstanding, uh, because drivers moving at different speeds don't impede each other. You friggin' morons. So you'll like this. I don't follow the golf, but I am aware of this Phil Mickelson. I'm a big fan, big fan of the golf. This Phil Mickelson thing where he ran over and whacked the putt that he didn't like before it stopped rolling? Yeah, yeah. He uh, he, 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 he absolutely uh, diminished the game and himself. The sanctity of the game was sacrificed on the... Altar of his stupidity, and then he claimed that it was a strategy. Well, he has admitted today that yeah, I lost my temper. That's why I did it. Wow! I know I should have said this sooner, but it's taken me a couple of days to calm down enough. My anger and frustration got the best of me. I'm embarrassed and disappointed. It was clearly not my finest moment. Well, that's a manly apology, you know. And anybody who says I was stupid, I can't believe I did that. My bad. We should all respect re- we that. should all remember that because what's everybody's reaction when somebody does that? I mean, my reaction is okay. Forgiveness, yeah, you're off the hook, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. He needs it to retire. Stupid. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I heard one of my favorite uh, radio guys, um, Tom Tolbert, talking about how everybody's acting all outraged and fluffing up their feathers about what he's done to the sanctity of the game. And uh, and and Mr. T said, "Look, and and this is this is not nice." But he said, "Listen." If the guy had squatted over the cup on 17 and pooed in there, that would be destroying the sanctity of the game. That would be dishonoring the game. Stopping a putt and whacking it around, it's a rules violation. There's a penalty. <laughs> Quit with your, you know, destroying the sanctity of the game. Uh, Trump has just officially announced he'll be signing something soon to handle the family separations at the border. So I, do you see that any way other than a cave? Uh, yeah, on an executive or action, it would seem. maybe that's unfair to call it a cave. He thought this would work. It didn't, and now he's taking the exit ramp. Right. Yeah. That's not necessarily caving. That's just, I thought I could force this to happen. Turns out I can't, so the best option at this point is this. Right. And, you know, again, my, my life's purpose is not to turn everybody bitter. But once... <laughs> <laughs> that would be a weird life's purpose. <laughs> what do you, Voldemort? I think a certain amount of bitterness is healthy in the modern world. But once again, no matter what he does, maybe Congress actually passes something, I doubt it, but it's possible. What won't be helped... Is the immigration crisis. Is the refugee crisis. Is the the little kids. I mean, some of them might be helped incrementally, temporarily, but the problem will go unsolved. He's going to sign something and people are going to say that was so awful. Thank God it's over. We have solved not a freaking thing. Slapped a Band-Aid on top of a Band-Aid on top of a Band-Aid. On our ridiculous immigration policy, the laws of which, as our expert told us the other day, the laws are actually fine. We just don't enforce them. We, we pick and choose which ones to enforce and in which way, depending on, you know, the way the wind blows and, so. and the hypocrisy, the expense. God, we, You know what we haven't talked about in forever is the expense of feeding, clothing, educating and medicating anybody who wants to sneak into the country and how if you say you know what my taxes are high and and I don't have kids to pay I don't I'm sorry I don't have money to pay for my kids college and and my health care bills scare the hell out of me and all and I'm, I I don't really want to be paying for all these freebies for people who sneak into the country that gets you branded as a racist right what what kind of discourse is this well, it's ridiculous well the other side won the argument I think that's all there is to it. Well, I, yeah, well, temporarily maybe. But you look at your various—you look at the the bum issue, the homeless issue—in in in super liberal enclaves, it's gotten to the point where even the leftiest lefties are saying, "Oh my God, this is too much. We got to well, do something." Where's that point with illegal immigration? No, we're at 20 million. Where do we go? Given the fact that the Republicans want the cheap labor, everybody wants the uh, support for Social Security and Medicare, and the Democrats want the brown voters, we're doomed. Uh, Jerry, are you a little bitterer than you were before? <laughs> General Electric, General Electric GE, kicked off the Dow Jones yesterday. They'd been there for over 100 years. One of the wow. founding companies. I thought you meant they rang the opening bell. No, no they're out. Booted. They're out. The changing times. And it's now uh, Walgreens, I think, is who replaced them. And the their, Greens? And their entire... Is it CVC or Walgreens? One of them. Sorry. CVS? CVS, yeah. Um, uh, one of your big uh Yeah, Probably chains. CVS, yeah. Anyway, Mom. oh, and the, and the U.S. backed out of the U.N. Uh, Human Rights Council. We should talk about that maybe at some point. It's first time any, any country has voluntarily left the Human Rights Council. We said it's a joke, and we left. Which it is. It reminds me, I must check my Woolworths stock. <laughs> you invested in Woolworths In Walgreens and Sears. (laughs) But GE, times are changing. Yeah, that's crazy. They bring good things to light. Well, they used to. They used to, they don't anymore. I don't know what they do now. Uh, You are listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.